Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. Only some very special people think this way if you are willing to stand with me and get shot at then i'm willing to lead you i'm willing to follow you and i'm willing to take out whatever we have to take out because we're coming home the greatest fear that i had during that whole time was not that i would die from any of the wounds that i received but my greatest fear was is that i would let my team down i would let those who depended upon me let them down and not be able to do what I was trained to do. The words of two men brave enough and patriotic enough to earn the Medal of Honor. And in the case of our colleague David Bellavia, we share highly decorated Vietnam veteran Steve Banco's sentiments here. Um, the only thing that, that comes to mind now is what took so long. You know, th- this, was, uh, this was something that, that was truly exceptional. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 in 716. I've been caught in the emotional moments following the news that David Bellavia would soon be receiving the highest military honor of all in the Medal of Honor. David will be the only living recipient of the medal from the Iraq War era. The best way to characterize what's happening to him and around him is to use his own words from his Tuesday media session when he said, everything's changed. This is not something that I signed up for or was expecting. David emerged from an office at the Army Recruiting Office on Union Road in Cheektowaga, dressed in a dark suit. Knowing him, he he looked a little serious, somewhat awkward at about talking about himself for the next half hour or so. But quickly, he had the attention of the awaiting media as he pledged he would wear the Medal of Honor, wear it proudly for all it represents. I'm, I'm not going to let the Army down, I'm not going to let 2-2 Infantry down, and I'm not going to let the 1st Infantry Division down. Uh, those men are, are very important to me. I don't have time to judge you for who you worship. I don't have time to judge you by what you look like or who you love. If you are willing to stand with me and get shot at, then I'm willing to lead you, I'm willing to follow you, and I'm willing to take out whatever we have to take out because we're coming home. Uh, and if you get hurt, you know, I'm going to be so close to you that that, that round's going to hit me too. That's what it's all about. And, and putting yourself in that situation, it's really, everything is negotiable. Everything's negotiable. It's, it's you know, well, you did this because it was the right, no, those every day though, who's falling on grenades? I mean, who, who even thinks about that? Jason Dunham from Sio, New York. Grenade falls on the ground. He jumps on it. Travis Atkins grabs a suicide bomber with a vest. He knows what's going to happen. He's wrestling with a suicide bomber. That, that's not something that, you know, it's not that he was a Burger King employee that saw a guy walk in with a vest. That's a totally different story. This was a professional soldier who knew there was a threat around him every single day. And when the threat came upon his unit, he realized that, that uh, his life would end, but other people's life would continue. And, and that's the most beautiful thing in the world to me. It really is. 
David, Iraq was a controversial war. What were your thoughts when you were there, and what do you think about it looking looking back? Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, there. Uh, the, the, when I deployed to Iraq, I didn't even think we were going to get a combat infantryman's badge or a combat patch. We thought the war was over. We were there for sustainment operations. Uh, we didn't think the kinetic fight was as uh, serious as it was going to be. And I got there at the end of OIF-1 and all of OIF-2, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, yeah, everything, the wheels came off the cart in 2004. Uh, we, really, it was five different enemies that we were fighting. You had the regime loyalists, you had uh, loyal Ba'athist party members, you had the Shia, uh, you know, people talk about the Iranian proxy war, but, you know, there was a lot of, of, of bad guys, foreign jihadists, you name it. Um, it was a tough fight. I, I don't know, I don't know what, um, I, I, I really can't look back at it now and say, you know, I didn't get a vote. I just served. If my country sent me to wherever they sent me to fight, I would do it. Um, but I can't tell you that looking back and seeing how a lot of people tend to look at that, the valor uh, of a generation and say, well, are these good wars or bad wars? Iraq veterans are walking around with chips on their shoulder because they're regarded as the bad war, the war of choice, the war that was based on, on bad intelligence. And you know, we're free to think and, and decide whatever you want. I think the narrative is written on that. But I would just caution us to not make the veteran feel the weight of that. I don't think it's their responsibility. 99% of these men and women served with honor and distinction. And we really shouldn't have to apologize for where our nation sends us to fight. The Medal of Honor fraternity is an elite one, and many of its recipients are no longer with us. David will be the only living Iraq War recipient. There's a similar uh, battle that all of us that wear the Medal of Honor have to fight. We, we all fought and, and, uh, in different wars, different battles. Gary Bykirk is a Medal of Honor recipient from the Vietnam era. He lives in Rochester. He's met David, plans to be at the White House ceremony later this month. He knows what David is about to go through. But there's one similar battle that we all fight once we get have to put that medal around our neck, and that's to, that's to find a reason why we were honored. Um, why me? Uh, I only did what I was trained to do. And so each of us have to go through this process of trying to find out um, why particularly am I being honored? Um, what does the Medal of Honor mean to me? How am I going to now live my life um, with this new aspect this new thing that is going to be a part of my life and a part of my family's life forever. Um, those were probably the most immediate thoughts that came through, came through my mind. Now, Gary, how long ago did you receive the Medal of Honor? And, and maybe tell us how you earned it. Um, I received mine in 1973 from President Nixon. Um, I was a Green Beret a medic that served with the Special Forces A-Team in the, jung in the jungles uh, of Vietnam up in the highlands. And our camp was surrounded uh, under attack for 30 days. And during that time, I was shot uh, three, different, three different times. It was April 1st. It was a bad day. <laughs> three times and all, all in the same day. Uh, but in spite of being wounded, um, 
I just kept on continuing to fight, continuing to do what I was trained to do, continue to do what my duty was, uh, which was to uh, be there with the Mountain Yard um, villagers to help them, to help them and my team. Um, the greatest fear that I had during that whole time was not that I would die from any of the wounds that I received, but my greatest fear was is that I would let my team down. I would let those who depended upon me let them down and not be able to do what I was trained to do. When someone's awarded the Medal of Honor, they do an act that's selfless. They do it out of sacrifice. They do it out of love for someone else more than themselves. You don't do it because you're trying to be a show-off. You don't do it because you're some big Rambo kind of guy. You do it because you care for somebody else more than yourself. And then after that, to be all of a sudden, now you're recognized and you're pulled out of the you're pulled out of your team. You're pulled out of everybody else who was in that battle, and, and someone is saying, you above all else are special. And, and that's, that's a dilemma. That's a battle that, that all of us who wear the Medal of Honor um, have to fight because we didn't do it to be special. We did it because we loved. And to be recognized above and beyond uh, is uh, uncomfortable for us. Words of meaning and gravity for sure. And as we digest the news of David's Medal of Honor, Honor, we reached out to a man locally who knows all too well about what it's like to serve at a time of war. David has said in the past few days that his award is one of geography, that anyone else in his position would have done the same thing. Well, we would like to think that, 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 you know, that there were people that would, would do the same thing. Steve Banco is the most decorated Vietnam veteran in western New York. I saw a reenactment of what, uh, what David did. I don't know what, it was some years ago um, when he had just been awarded the Silver Star. And, um, and in the reenactment, I was thinking to myself, my God, that's all he got was a Silver Star. For, for that um, and and now to, to realize that there had been a, a review going on um, the only thing that that comes to mind now is what took so long you know, th- this was uh, this was something that that was truly exceptional that was uh, mentioned by uh, quite a few people uh, what took so long and uh, uh, the whole bureaucracy of making these decisions uh, for which for some reason is in place um, you know for people who don't know your story uh, I think that would uh, you know be nice to kind of uh, remind people of uh, some of your service and um, you know Susan mentioned how decorated of a veteran you were um, you know if you could kind of give people a sense of what you went through in well, Vietnam. Well, I got a kick out of it. In Florida, particularly, there's a lot of retired veterans. And when we're down there in the winter um, and people see my license plate, I have a Purple Heart license plate, and they uh, they always say, thank you for your service. And I, I always tell them it wasn't my idea. I, I was drafted uh, after I uh, um, was... I guess I could put it gracefully, unsuccessful in three colleges before I got <laughs> before I got drafted. Um, and you know, it wasn't like I ran down to the post office and couldn't wait to to enlist. Um, but once you get put in that situation, you get into a into a situation where um, failure is no longer an option. And uh, you begin to realize it, as you move through different ranks, um, and you become responsible for other people. Like uh, I was, I was the same rank as David. I was a 
a sergeant in charge of a squad. And you become, uh, it's not just yourself that you're taking care of anymore. It's, it's the other eight or 12 guys, how many, you know, how many, what kind of strength you have at the time. So there's a, there's a, a lot going through your mind about um, trying to survive yourself, but at the same time making sure that, uh, that the men around you have what they need to survive as well. One of the worst things that you can do in combat is, is to bring guys into a situation where you know that somebody's going to get hurt, and somebody always gets hurt. No matter, you know, no matter how well prepared you are, how well equipped you are, how well trained you are, somebody's going to get hurt. It's like getting in a fist fight in the playground. You know, the winner always gets at least the black eye, you know. And, um, and to ask these young kids, and I was an old man when I was in Vietnam. I, was, I turned 22 on my, in my mm -hmm. first tour. Um, and I think, the, I think the experience now with, uh, with the current army is a little different. The, the soldiers tend to be a little bit older. But when, when, um, when I was in Vietnam, most of the soldiers were 18 and 19 years old. And um, so you're, you're acting as, uh, as a lot of different things um, in, in that situation, um, trying, to, trying to guide them through a lot, of, uh, a lot of turmoil, personal turmoil, and then the turmoil of combat as well. David Bellavia will receive the Medal of Honor June 25th at the White House. He'll be flanked by many of the men who were with him in that house in Fallujah, and by family members of some who never came home. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.